This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. Unfortunately, we will be talking about Tottenham's 1-0 home defeat against Manchester City. Spurs are officially out of this year's FA Cup. I've got three very special guests to help me digest tonight's game. Another defeat in another cup competition and, of course, another year without a domestic cup trophy. Back with us is uh, Daily Mail journalist Ollie Gamp. Ollie, how are you? Hello, Chris. Thank you for having me back. My first um, appearance of 2024. I wish it could be a happier one, um, but it's good to be back nonetheless. Game aside, um, yeah, very, very, very disappointed with the result and the performance today, but we move. Ollie, I promise I think we're going to keep this podcast quite short and sweet this evening. <laughs> back with us is Mike Apps. Of course, Mike, when you're on this channel, we're used to talking about a win on a Friday evening. Sadly, not this evening. Of course, Mike Apps, broadcast journalist with BBC South News. Mike, how are you? I'm well, thanks, Chris. Yeah, we really was hoping for that hat-trick of Friday night wins. That's been my record with you. But unfortunately, records are there to uh, be extended or, or, or broken, unfortunately. And we saw that tonight with the uh, our incredible scoring run and, and sadly Manchester City's non-scoring run at our ground. But there we are. We have to lick our wounds and carry on. And back with us is the man that does bring the trophies to this channel and the trophies to Tottenham Hotspur, certainly in the last few years. Richard Whitehead, MBE. Rich, how are you? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I think one shot on target um, really killed us today. There's so many opportunities, I think, um, to make an impact on the game. Um, I don't think we were brave enough today. Um a bit disappointing. I think um, if if I was to sum up the game um, in a couple of words, it was um, really lacked direction as a team in that final third. 
and everything before that was really good. Um, yeah, really pleased with how people played. Hoiberg had a couple of opportunities for, to forget, but yeah, just really disappointed. I thought today we'd have come out firing and um, yeah, we really missed Sunday today as well. Rich, I'm going to start with the stats here. Um, Tottenham Hotspur, 43% possession in the game. Manchester City, 57%. We only had one shot to Manchester City, 18. One shot on target. Manchester City had five. Corners, we only had two. City had 14. Fouls, Spurs, nine. City, 19. Um, Ollie, let's start the show with you. Give me your thoughts on today's game. Were Spurs outplayed by the wonderful Manchester City or did we just not give enough tonight? Uh, both. It was really, really lacklustre. Um, I was watching it towards the end. It did look like a Conte team rather than an Ange team, really. I mean, with one shot on target, we expected a lot more. Um, but I was watching it towards the end and we were just passing along the back. It looked like we were time-wasting. And I thought, why are we are we playing for a draw here? Um, we should really be going for it. And I was sitting there thinking, I'd rather we lose tonight than go to the Etihad and get battered. So just put me on my misery. And then up, up popped Ake with the winner. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, we deserve that. And we did because City created a lot of chances. I thought we got off the hook when De Bruyne missed that incredible chance. It, it, it was coming. When Ake, when it went in with Ake, I just thought, well, it's been coming. Um, they were the better team. The, the better team are in the next round. Um, really, really disappointed, I thought. And, and I'm glad. I'm, I'm on night shifts next week, and I'm really glad because the whole day today, I've been saying to all my colleagues, we're winning this tonight. We've got City's number. They don't beat us. And we're winning this. And I was so confident. And it's, it's just really disappointed that the players weren't as confident as I am, as I was. Um, and they didn't they, they didn't deliver the goods. City wanted it more. They were more hungry. Um, they, were, they were they were very lethal on the counter-attack. Every attack was dangerous. And we looked really tep uh, tepid and we, we weren't dangerous. I mean, Werner, I think at some point he's going to be a really good player when he learns how to deliver in the final third. At the moment, he just, his pace is great for the team, but he doesn't really know what to do at the end of it. Um, Brennan, yeah, he had a couple of good moments, but yeah, we, we didn't create enough. Um, we didn't threaten enough. I think City looked quite comfortable on the ball. They dominated and we got what we deserved. It's just, um, it's disappointing that we're out of another cup and yeah what can you say mike let's get your thoughts on today's game of course i do feel extremely disappointed the way that we lost uh, to fulham in the carabao cup earlier on the season in august of course we're now out of the fa cup it just seems that you know it's going to be yet another year without a domestic trophy for tottenham what is it about cups and you know you know us in cup competitions in recent years I don't know. I mean, it's it's really interesting, isn't it? I'm, I'm with Ollie on this, that I think I found myself today thinking when I was kind of 14, I'd have probably spent today hyping it up in my mind, thinking, you know, we're going to do this. This is our names on the cup. What what better way to progress than than by beating the cup holders and, and, and really get kind of overexcited and start telling people we're going to do it. I'm 43 and that's how I felt today anyway. I couldn't help myself. You know, you, you, you get swept up in it. And, and I absolutely did today. So it was a, a real disappointment that we couldn't um, produce a performance. And that's what it came down to today, I think, in the end. We, we didn't produce a performance. And um, I know you'll, you'll no doubt get Angie's post-match comments um, during the show. And, and I just feel he is a very honest guy. And I would be amazed if, if he wasn't reflecting on the fact that, you know, you can 
argue whether it was it was lack of effort. I don't think it was it was that, but it was just particularly in that first half. I just had in my mind. I was just thinking it felt like a lack of vision and a lack of precision, which was costing us. Just the players weren't. Um, Raven off on the ball, you know, absolutely uh, passing it around well at the back in the midfield, but it was just that final ball. It was either, you know, as they kept on picking up on the TV, Werner was was getting in good positions, making good runs, but people just weren't having the vision um, to pick him out. And then just in, in tight areas, you know, people who we've relied on through the season, like Kudaseski, the touch just seemed to be off. I actually thought, in fairness, Richarlison, you know, was had one of his better games for us tonight. I felt he was holding on to the ball, protecting it well. Um, you know, he looked one of our better players by far tonight, but it was just sad that it was in an overall performance where we just didn't have that quality um, to really take the fight to Manchester City. And in the end, you have to say it was it was pretty comfortable for them. And, and that is a classic away result for, for, for champions, for cup holders to come and... and, and not really soak up the pressure, just nullify the pressure and waste many chances, but but take a chance that really matters right at the end. So we can have no complaints with that tonight. And and I think you know the only positive you can take from it is that it's it's a it's a learning experience again for a manager in in a new league to him and for what is essentially a very young and inexperienced squad. But it, but it's tough to to take that on the chin when we're so close to the, the final whistle and, and we've had such expectations going into this. Yeah, I completely agree, Mike. Um, Rich, let's come to you. Um, now, an interesting stat. We failed to record a shot on target in the first half of a home game since February 2020, and that was against Manchester City. Were you surprised by the lack of creativity tonight, Rich? And should James Madison have started? No, I don't, I don't think so. Um, I think um, the side that he put out was what I expected. I think um, the time that the players have had off um, had a massive effect on them going into the game today. I, I don't think that I think they were very sleepy. Um, I think uh, the intensity had dropped because of that. Um, I think that might have been a mistake instead of maybe going on a warm weather like training camp and kind of keeping them short, giving them all that time off. I, th- I think they just looked like there were two or three strides off what there were um, maybe three weeks ago. Um, and when when they set up, I thought they set up to play the long game instead of actually kind of really press Man City and go for them. Um, were they were they a little bit scared of Man City? I'm not sure that. I just think um, that first half, neither side really went for it. And uh, Spurs were probably the worst of the two sides. I, I felt that um, the first half was a missed opportunity for Spurs. We should have really gone on the front foot. Um, the thing and, is, though, Rich, uh, Ollie and Mike have both touched on it. It was very, very comfortable for Manchester City tonight. Very comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think um, in the final third for sure. I think the final third was the the, the place where we creativity wise uh, didn't really open Man City up enough. We didn't really have uh, enough uh, guilt edge chances where you thought there was a possibility. There was probably one or two in the game, um, and apart from that, yeah, comfortable was maybe the word. I just think it was definitely another missed opportunity um, on another day with a fit Sonny and, and a fit Madison with some intensity in the team. We could have we could have beat Man City. I think regarding obviously the goal at the end, yeah, I, 
I think a terrible decision. I think the keeper should have been stronger, yes. But that anywhere else on the pitch, I think that you're getting a foul for that. I, I, would, just, I would have taken the draw and taken it back to Man City and, and tried to go again, to be honest. I, um, yeah, just really disappointed. I think um, energy-wise as well, I don't know if you if you noticed the, the lack of running in the last 15 minutes. All of a sudden, the energy was zapped out of the team. I noticed... I noticed from about 75 minutes, we had about five or six of the players, Kuliseski, etc., uh, etc., et middle of the park. They're just the the running out outside of, um, well, in that that centre midfield. Uh, even though Skippy came on, I just felt that we didn't have that intensity. Oli, let's come to you. Of course, we've not won an FA Cup since 1991. Um, honestly, when is it going to happen for us? The question is the question we all want to know, Chris. I was there, <clears throat> I was there the last time we won a trophy, and I was a teenager, a young teenager. I wasn't just a teenager, I was a, at my early years of being a teenager. It was 2008. So we've got to be patient. I mean, I don't know. Next year, hopefully, hopefully, we'll be in Europe and we'll have another trophy to compete for. But we've we got to take them seriously. I mean, every, every time the season starts, we're kind of being experimental with our teams, we're playing. I think you should play your first your first choice goalkeeper in every competition. I don't think I don't really agree with all this. Like, give it to the number two for the whole competition. I don't agree with that. Yeah, and Ange made the excuse that you know how am I supposed to know who's good enough? Well, you know who's good enough because you see them train every day, and you play your best team in every competition. I think um, if, if we want to be serious about if we want to be serious about winning trophies, we've got to play the strongest team. Um, so it's really difficult to say. But if you look at Man City today, you know they can bring on Doku, they can bring on, um, they can bring on De Bruyne. So our, our team isn't good enough in terms of depth. Yes, we keep talking about when we have Son back, when we have Madison back fully, if we get a Harry Kane replacement. But we don't have these players, and the players that we've signed, like Timo Werner, let's be honest, he's not good enough. He gives us pace and he gives us a body, but. He doesn't have the attacking qualities and instincts that Man City have. So it's going to take time to get up to scratch with the the, the different gravy that Man City have, the embarrassment and riches that they have to call upon. Even Chelsea, as bad as Chelsea are, they still have so much depth. And they've got someone like Cole Palmer to bring on. They've got Sterling. They've got Madueke. They have all this attacking depth, and we don't really have that. Um, so we, we need to improve. We need to strengthen. I don't think we're going to win a trophy until we have insane depth in every position. Mike, let's come to you. Let's talk about um, Tottenham's starting eleven this evening. Um, Vicario, Poro, Van de Ven, Romero, Udogi, Hoybier, Benton Kulusevski, Johnson, Richarlison and Timo Werner. On the sub-bench this evening, Forster, Royale, Davis, Dragusin, Skip, Madison, Brian Hill, Santiago and Scarlett. Any surprises there for you, Mike? Did you expect James Madison to start this evening? I did, if I'm honest. I mean, call it a surprise when I saw that um, starting eleven. I kind of thought, well, yeah, it, it makes sense, really. It was a big call. The intensity um, that the match was, was, was played at, you know, City really gave us um, a thorough going over in that first half. And as I was watching that, I was sort of thinking, you know, the fact we're still in it was was great, but um, Madison, that's a lot to ask a player after that period of time out to come in and, and step up for that. So it felt like the right decision to keep him on the bench. I suppose 
The thing I felt, I don't really know. I mean, it, it, it's hard looking at that team, looking at the different permutations to say, if you're not going to play Madison from the start, how could Ange have, have picked a different side? I think the disappointment for me was I was hoping, not because I've, I've got it in for him at all, because I think he's a player of a lot of promise, but I was hoping that, that somehow Johnson was going to be there to be an impact substitute rather than starting tonight. I feel that, you know, a lot of people have spoken about this, that he's played far more in these matches than he would have been anticipated, than, than Andrew would have anticipated coming into the club. And I just feel it's, again, just another match where we've seen him have, I guess, our one shot on target where Werner put him through and, and, and he just had that that moment where um, the keeper smothered it from very close range. And it's just he's just lacking that, that little bit of sharpness, that little bit of decision-making. And I feel that I'd be more hopeful for him making that impact if he's coming on when there's tiring legs and he's fresh and he can possibly use that explosive pace to our advantage when in effect it was a great lift I'm sure in the stadium for everyone to see Madison coming on but um, he did make a, a massive impact and ultimately if we're not getting a, a free kick in a really dangerous area and we didn't during his time on the pitch really um, it's hard to see that for his first match back, he was going to make much of an impact. So that was the disappointment for me. But but ultimately, in terms of the side that the Ange picks, I don't think anyone can really have any complaints that how, how strong he went. He It was the opposite of, of, of the Fulham match, the Fulham exit from the, the Carabao Cup where he, he did rotate. It was the, you know, basically a Premier League starting 11 tonight. And... In that respect, it was a little bit of a of a reality check for us that that, that City were just clearly a, a level above us tonight. Unfortunately, Rich, would you have changed any of the starting eleven? Were you happy with it? Yeah, I think obviously with the people that we had, um, fit and healthy. I think for me that was the the starting eleven. Um, like I say, I don't think there was an issue with the actual people on the pitch at the start. I just think it was the intensity. I, I just they just didn't look on it from minute one and let uh, Man City dictate play. Um, and like Mike was saying, we were we were struggling to be in the game, especially those, those first seven or eight minutes. We hardly touched the ball. Um, it was in the middle third, and 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 uh, obviously um, we were defending uh, for for a long um, period of time. I really felt that some of the players looked. Like the rabbit in headlights as well, and um, yeah, obviously Ali was saying about kind of Man City looks far better team obviously tonight, um, and sometimes players can think that as well, and it can just get in the head instead of going out on the pitch and it expressing themselves. I think Brandon Johnson, um, yes, he, he's played far more than expected. I think my only concern about him is he's one of the players that literally he's he's flat out and then he empties the tank and he's on zero and literally he needs to come straight off them because he's got no impact at all at that point. I think he definitely is better at an impact player off the bench. Um, but I, I, I still think he's he's a, there's a really good player in him. And Werner as well. I actually, I actually quite like Werner. I just think, again, he's played Man United last game um, and now obviously uh, City. I think when you get him a good, a good one of, in, in the team and also get, get him the service that he deserves, I think we we see the goals from him. To be honest, I think we just need to be patient. And I know, obviously, looking on the chat, people are saying how patient, blah blah blah. But this is this is a it's a team game. You, there's team dynamics. Ange plays a, a style of football where everybody needs to be in the scene. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yeah, how many times have we heard that term, be patient? It's, uh, it seems that every manager says it. A lot of us say it on these chats, but of course we're trophyless again this season. Um, Ollie, let's come to you. In the fifth minute, Manchester City had the ball in the net. Pep Guardiola was celebrating, thinking that they'd finally scored at the stadium after five minutes. It went to VAR. It took a fair bit of time. How close was it? I mean, yeah, when it takes that long, it's always close. But offside is offside. So, um, yeah, we can't really complain. I mean, if it was up to me, offside would be very, very different. I've had a lot of debates with people about what offside should be. I think there should be a margin for error with offside. Um, But, yeah, it was close, but... We can, you can only ride your luck for so long. And we rode our luck for a long time in the game. Um, and then, you know, we rode, rode our luck at the end with Hoiberg's mistake and, and De Bruyne's miss. So it was it was going to happen eventually um, because we didn't put on the, we didn't push on the gas pedal today. We um, we weren't intense enough. Um, <clears throat> yeah, certainly a heart and mouth moment. And it, you kind of thought it was going to be another, another unlucky moment for City. They've had so many disallowed goals against us, obviously in the 3-3 draw as well. Um, but no, you have to, I mean, it was very minuscule, wasn't it? But you have to trust they made the right decision. Ollie, were you surprised in, in the first 18, 20 minutes or so, Spurs didn't really get out of our half, um, didn't really have a lot of the ball. Um, and Postacoglu alluded to it in the press conference that he felt that Manchester City would have a lot of the ball, a lot of possession in the game. But are you surprised on how little Spurs had in that first 18, 20 minutes or so? I know... Um, a couple of great tackles from your doggy and uh, Van de Ven, who I thought was excellent this evening. It could have been a lot more without the likes of Van de Ven in the team this evening. But were you surprised by that first 20 minutes? Because the atmosphere inside the stadium seemed to go very flat after 20 minutes or so. Yeah, I was, I was surprised because, you know, even if it's Man City, when we have the ball, we do look to start moves as we did in the 3-3 draw. Um, so, yeah, I, I was surprised. I think everybody just locked off the pace. I mean, I don't know what happened during that winter break. But it seems like everyone just went on holiday and had a bit of a party. Um, Man City, I know, went to the Middle East and had warm weather training camp. I'm not sure we did. Um, but it seems like Man City took it a lot more seriously than us because we looked flat. Um, I think a long break can ne- not necessarily be a good thing for you in football. I think, you know, if you go on holiday and you go back to work, you sit, you sit at your desk and you feel a bit lethargic and you're a bit sad because your holiday's over. So that can happen. And then, you know, your first game back is against Man City. We should be up for it. We weren't. We were off it from, from minute one. And that didn't get better. There was a few moments here and there. But, you know, you've seen the stats. You've seen the figures. One shot on target. Um, it's not good enough. And, yeah, I've seen a lot of people say if we had Sun, it would be different. But we can't rely on one player. Um, but I, I just think that the the midfield needs to be better. I think that was a big... Um, 
a big factor. Not having Basuma and Saar, I think that would have helped a lot. I think Benton Kaur had a couple of good moments and a good passes, but Hoiberg is not good enough. Um, he wants to leave and he's been linked with a, with a move away. So there's no, it's no good having a player who doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be here. Um, and I don't think he's right for Andrew's system. Um, so yeah, I think the midfield quality wasn't good enough overall. I think that that definitely didn't help the situation. Mike, I was going to mention it anyway, but Ollie's brought in um, early on in the podcast. Um, Ange gave the players four days off. A lot of them went abroad. A lot of them went on a on a mini break, a mini holiday, if you like. Was that a good idea? I'm sure that he thought it was the right thing to do. Of you know, these players going off on holiday with their other halves and their families. Was that the right thing to do? If we won tonight, of course, we'd say it's a masterstroke, wouldn't we? I mean, it's it's so difficult. I don't know. I mean, um, it's interesting. It's the fact they all went off separately, isn't it? I mean, the fact that, it, you know, the, the club didn't sort of organise an overseas trip of any kind together. It, it was it was literally just forget about football, clear your minds. There must be a reason for that. I don't get, you know, I don't think anyone would think with Andrew is just a kind of let's take the easy option. I, I want to just have some some well, some time Mike, out. Mike, and... if, it, if it was me I, at the time, I thought it was very very good man management. Mm. So I'm surprised that Ollie's, you know, said what he said. But I thought it was a good good move. I agree with Ollie actually. Interesting, interesting. I, I think I think I mean, the squad focused. Yeah, momentum's key in, in any high-level um, professional sporting activity. And um, if that, you, you're talking about high-level performance here, you can't, you, any time away from that, how do you, mm. how do you uh, replicate that intensity away from the football field? You can't. You literally can't. You can't by playing Xbox or mm. PlayStation. You need to be, I think you need to be back in that same kind of intensity. You can relax, you can recover, you can, can re recuperate in other areas of your performance field. Um, I'm, yeah, it's hard to criticise a manager this this um, early on in his uh, managerial career at Spurs, I think. But for me, that's that was a little bit of a mistake, I feel, that the players should have been um, in, like even if it's like uh, replicating some of those scenarios within the game. I think this is going to become a talking point, isn't it? Because we're in uncharted territory now, this idea of a winter break. I mean, we've done it once before, I think, the season before last because of being the the, the World Cup this time last year or a little bit earlier. And 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 I guess how you manage this, this week off um, is going to be a, a, a big issue now as far as, as, as what clubs do in time to come. But I don't know. I, I suppose I'm kind of, honestly, as, as someone who's who's very far from being a professional athlete, um, I lean towards Chris's thought going into this that as much as anything, just just mentally, just to have a bit of a, um, a switch off would be a positive thing when you're in the intensity of matches we've been in with the squad as as stretched as it's been, where it's been effectively near enough that same eleven who who've had to pick themselves up and go again and again and again over that, that early part of the season. But I don't know, maybe, maybe um, this will be a, a, a learning experience that we've been better off to, to stick together. I don't know. Well, Ange Postacoglu in his press conference has just said about conceding the goal late on. He said uh, that aspect is disappointing because it happened so late. We had no time to turn it around. We fought hard tonight to stay in the game, but ultimately that's not enough. Rich, let's come to you. At half time, of course, it was nil-nil. No shots, no shots on target. How are you feeling at that point? 
yeah, obviously disappointed. Um, disappointed with. Uh, we weren't really in the game, um, and just I, I was expecting more more intensity. I was expecting obviously there was clear opportunities to put uh, Timo in uh, down the down the left hand side, and um, I just yeah I, I feel that obviously Madison coming on. Maybe that was going to be an opportunity to do that, but I think at that stage of the game, I think he'd yeah he'd run out of that kind of energy because he must have made maybe ten or fifteen runs that weren't seen. There was yeah very, there was loads in that first half, and uh, obviously as a as an attacking player, I just think he ran out of gas um, at half time. I felt obviously a lot. I think a lot of the fans as well wanted the half time whistle to come. That's what I, watching the game, I just felt. The actual fans want the whistle to to, to go, so then Ange can take him back into the, the dressing room and then maybe kind of refocus players and then give them some more direction how he wants to play in the second half. And then they came back out and it was much much the same, really. Um, but Hoyerberg definitely uh, for me has a has a ricket in in him. So like today, I was like. I don't know what it is as well. Just like swinging his legs at the ball and, and going, actually, should you be doing that in your own box? Ridiculous. Um, well, a half, oh, a half oh, time also feeling great. On that point, Rich, are you surprised that Postacoglu didn't use Skip from the off rather than Hoybier? No, 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 I, th- I think he, he, he wants to use his experience, I think, at that stage. I think Skippy came on and played well. Um, um, I think he did all right. Um, I think Ben's in court going off. I think that was... Yeah, I I, uh, I like him on the pitch. I think, um, and he offers us something slightly different on the ball. Um, but no, I think I think Hoyerberg was obviously put on the pitch for, for for a certain reason to maybe have some some steel and have a bit of experience. I think up to those kind of mistakes as well. That the, all the players played very average today, to be honest, and and I can't single him out. I think he obviously a couple of mistakes. He had a bad three minutes, and that was probably. That's probably summed up uh, the Spurs game, really, those three minutes. Ollie, let's come to you. Just after the half-time break, Manchester City had a chance through Alvarez. Um, it went wide. Uh, in the 73rd minute, Benton Kerr and Johnson went off. Madison and Skip came on. Um, just want to ask you the question. Um, any positives for you tonight from a Tottenham point of view? Uh, Madison's back. <laughs> um Positives. Okay, I'm, I'm going to channel my inner Ricky. Okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> positives is Spurs are back. Now, joking. I think Ma- Madison returning was a really, really good, um, good thing for us. Even though we only got a few, was it 73? He only got a 15 minute run out. Um, I think it's just good to get him, you know, warming his legs up, getting back, uh, getting a feel for the game again. Uh, because if he stays fit for the rest of the season, that's going to be massive for us. Um, so I think Madison coming back was the big positive. I'm really clutching the straws here. I think Werner looked very dangerous at points, but when he gets into the the telling moment, he doesn't deliver, and he looks for an easy way out. He looks for the pass. There was a point where he could have made a really, really good reverse pass and ended up just giving a short pass um, at one point in the game that I noticed. So he needs. I think I think Rich made a really good point. He's only played Man City. And he's only played Man United. So we need to give him a proper run of games against um, beatable teams that he can run at. Um, but yeah, so Werner, Madison, I, I, I agree. I think it was Mike that said Rich, uh, Richarlison had a really good game. Not really good, but he, he looked all right. Um, 
But apart from that, I mean, Bentancourt had a few decent moments. Um, but no, you can't say there were many, many positives. I mean, I'm, I'm really clutching the straws there because this is our big moment. We all know how long we waited for a trophy and we've fallen, we've fallen short. It was like watching, it was like watching a group of lads play their seven aside the morning after a Christmas do. It was just, it was just flat. It was, it was disappointing. Um, it was lethargic. It, it, it was everything you don't want. And as, as you just said, Chris, I can't remember who said it. The, the fan, I think it was Rich. The fans were waiting for half time, and and I felt I felt that too. I was waiting for half time. I, I wanted to switch it over. I switched it over to eight out of ten cats. Honestly, <laughs> I, I put it back on after, but it, it it was lacking. And the whole point of Ange is that we're we're getting we're falling back in love with Spurs again. And genuinely, if you had told me that Ante, Antonio Conte was the manager behind the scenes, I would I would probably believe you because it was that kind of football. Um, we're obviously passing about nicely, but timid and um, not taking enough chances, not taking enough risks, which is which is what Ange has brought. And I do think it's because of the players and the condition that they've arrived in after the winter break, rightly or wrongly. I mean, we can have a discussion about it, whether you think they were right to have the break or not. They've come back in a bad way. Um, and it's disappointing. Polly, you mentioned Timo Werner a couple of times. Um, saying that you don't think he's good enough. Do you think that Ange can get the best out of him and we will pro probably yeah. sign him on a permanent deal in the I summer? Do. I, I, yeah, I think, I think I think Ange can get the best out of him because he, he has moments. And when he was at Chelsea, he didn't even have moments, really. He, he just looked like a lost puppy. I think every Spurs fan, if you ask them, what do you think of Werner so far? They'll tell you the same kind of thing that I'm saying, which is he looks dangerous. He looks like he could be good, but he needs work. And we've seen that he could be good at, at Leipzig. He was brilliant in his first spell at Leipzig. And Ange has clearly signed him because he's an Ange kind of player and he fits the system. So if there's anywhere he can he can succeed, it's here. And he's got six months to do it or a bit less. Um, but he's got the team to do it. I think when Son comes back, he'll bounce off Son really well. Um, so, yeah, but we, we can't judge him off two games. I mean, from what I've seen, he looks dangerous. And I think his pace is something that can really, can really, really help us. And he can stretch teams. And then the rest is up to him. So he, he has to work harder in training. He's got to work with his teammates and bounce off them and, and get inspired by what they're doing um, because he's low on confidence. But Ange, <clears throat> Ange is a man manager and that's what he does best. So, yeah, I, I, I am upbeat about um, the chances of turning Werner around. Mike, let's come to you. Um, late on in the game in the 81st and 82nd minute, um, Hoybier was at fault for a couple of uh, chances for Manchester City. Manchester City crossed, uh, Hoybier missed it, Silver shot at um, Vicario, luckily he saved. And just a minute later, he gave the ball away. De Bruyne somehow put it wide. What did you make of those couple of, uh, couple of chances for Manchester City, Hoybier being on the wrong end of both of them? Um, it does look like Hoybier will be leaving the club either in this January transfer window in the next week or so, or indeed the summer. Is it right that if a player is going out the door, that Ange does keep using him? I know he's been professional. He's been uh, very professional when Ange has used him all season. But does it, should, should another player be in front of him when he wants to leave? Well, I mean, I would say with, with Hoybier, I mean... We all know he is so capable of what was a nightmare minute like he produced tonight to have that air shot and then presenting the ball 
um, for um, De, De Bruyne in, in the space for a minute. It was, it was it was it was horrible and very fortunate for him. It wasn't punished. We've seen it punished before. But I think I, I feel if he's in the team, then you can bet that his there's nothing wrong with his attitude as far as I'm concerned. And wouldn't be putting him in that team if he felt there was a problem with his attitude. And you don't have to cast your mind back far to think that it was, what, February of last year? Remember it so well, that, that famous game where we beat Man City 1-0 and Harry Kane broke the record. Who got the assists? It was Hoybier. And obviously, he's not in the side to do that. We know that he's frustrating. There were so many frustrating moments where he picked the wrong pass or underhit something tonight. But he had that tenacity and and... No one can be surprised with what you get from from Hoybier in, in a Tottenham shirt. We know exactly what he is by now, and and we know that he's he's not going to be there long term. But I think it's a very um, close call between him and Skip, as we've seen the fact that they, you know he's Andrew's gone one way in the last match and a different way in this match. And we know that when um, the African Cup of Nations is over. Um, very unlikely if he's still at the club, he's going to be getting near the first team if everyone's fit. But, you know, he he, he did a job. He does a job for us. Um, it's just the natural end of the cycle. He's He's been a, a decent servant for us for a number of years. Um, and it, it, it's coming to the end. But I think um, if he's in the team, then as far as I'm concerned, Ange obviously feels that he's he's the best player that he's got at his disposal tonight to play in that position. Bruce, let's come to you. In the 86th minute, Doku shot over uh, the goal. Um, Manchester City counter, Vicario, good save. Silva with a shot over the bar. And then, of course, two minutes from time, uh, the ball in the net. Nathan Ake with the winner. What did you make of the goal? And was it right that every single Spurs player surrounded the referee? Yeah, definitely. Um, your final point, definitely not. Um, obviously... Um, that's not um, the done thing to do uh, now, obviously. Um, but also, I think um, because of how the game was going and, and what they were doing with the corners, um, the players need to be dynamic dynamic enough to understand that that's what they're, they're trying to do. They're trying to put the keeper under pressure. Uh, the balls just weren't going into that right area, either a bit too, too long or obviously not beating the first man. Um, so they need to um, give, obviously, Vicario more um, more cover, more help within that area, and uh, and also, what you know, what I, I, I've noticed over the last couple of games, why are the defenders in the box like more concerned about the players they're marking instead of helping Vicario get the player away from him? Um, and there was a comment from Roy Keane that I, I saw just before I came on, and he said what you need to do as a keeper you need to try and get that player away or that your 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 defenders are trying to get that area free so you're pushing the players out of that area and so I think we need to be more uh, aware of that the teams are going to do that now they're going to be putting a man on Vicario all the time uh, and as a defensive line we need to be getting those players out of that area Ollie what do you make of the goal? Um, I don't think it was a foul. I watched it so many times and I really tried to be neutral about it. And I just think Vicario is as amazing as he's been this season. I think he falls too easily. Um, and he, he should do better. And I think but he jumps probably... into him, though, as well, doesn't he? He's, he's, he's trying to obviously. He, he does, but 
in my opinion, it's just not enough contact. And I, and I want, trust me, I wanted it to be ruled out. But I, I was just looking at it and I just think he falls to, he falls to ground and then complains. But do you and, think that would be a foul at any other part of the pitch though? It, it's difficult to say because it's a goalkeeper going to grab the ball. It's a physical game, Rich. Yeah, no, I, I think it was a foul. There's no contact for me. I mean, you, you can say if it was on the other, if it was in the middle, if it was in the midfield, but you you wouldn't have that kind of contact in midfield. Or and it, it was a specifically a goalkeeper versus attacker contact. But for me, there's not enough contact. I feel like he could have done better, and I feel like he should have got to the ball, um, and he sh he shouldn't have fallen to his to the to the to the ground. Um, I think he's disappointed there. I mean, I love Vakari. I think he's been one of the best goalkeepers in the whole season. Um, for me, I would have loved it to be a foul, but I, hand on heart, don't think it was. Mike, there's a few, fair few comments um, in the comments section here saying that we're all so negative this evening. Do you think, do you think we're, we're negative? Or do you think we have every right to be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't think we're being overly negative. I mean, you look, going back, you were asking Ollie before about the positives. I'll, I'll throw in a couple of positives. And it, it, it feels like it's hard to sort of draw too much from this when, when, we've, when we've lost the match. But ultimately... I thought um, Van der Ven tonight showed what he is, an absolute Rolls-Royce of, of a defender. The amount of times he was getting back, what we've missed. I mean, he is a phenomenal player. There's so many players who were on fire for us at the start of the season. And um, God willing, if he can stay fit for the rest of this season, we are going to be um, much improved side. Um, so that was very positive. And I want to I also say a word for Destiny Adoggi because, um, you know, going forward... Completely agree. That's been, that's been the surprise for me, that, that going forward, he's been a little bit lacking compared to what I thought was going to be the case. I thought he was going to be amazing going forward and really shaky defensively. Whereas tonight, what I saw from him was those first five, ten minutes when we play so narrow at the back and Walker was getting in and I seemed to have him on toast at times. And he thought, this is this could be a long night. We could see, you know, sadly, um, shades of the Chelsea game of a doggy not being able to, to stay in the game. And, and, and who knows? Um, to not picking up bookings, but I felt he he really um, asserted himself physically um, on the game of doggy tonight, and 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 really um, is showing so much growth and maturity in his game. I think that's that's really impressive. But you know, just to focus on him, there was that moment in the second half where he was almost the furthest player forward. He got to the edge of the box. And he lost it. And it was just like, why can't he just take that shot? You know, it, it, it might not come off, but we just lacked players tonight who are prepared to take that risk and just, you know, even force a save. Let's see if we can do something with the rebound. Wasn't quite happening. And it, it says so much about the match that I'm drawing positives from, from two defenders rather than two attacking players. But, but that is still positive. The fact that we've got now our first choice back four with Dragasin to come in and, and back them up if, if, if we need him. Ben Davis back on the bench. So, you know, that's a solid platform to start from. We just need those players in front to, to draw the confidence from, from knowing they've got ball-playing defenders behind them and, and really start to, to knit things together. And, and let's hope that starts again Brentford next week. Mike, what camp are you in? Are you in the camp that you're very disappointed that we're out of the FA Cup because you want a trophy as a Tottenham fan because we haven't had one in so long? Or are you in the camp of, well, we're out of both cup competitions, domestic cup competitions now. The focus now is on top four, get Champions League football, have another superb window in the summer and move on and kick on 
and Ange has done a wonderful job of this rebuild. What camp are you in? What are we, eight points off the lead now? Who knows? Who knows what we could achieve? I'm, I'm being a bit fanciful saying that. I mean, no, I, I'm not going to dress it up. I'm really disappointed because I felt that, you know, I said when I was on the show after we beat Burnley, I felt it was going to be our year. I really thought this was going to be our chance to, to, to push on. But um, no, we, we, we can't cry about it. We've got to focus on what we've got. We're focusing on the league. And let's just see. Let's just see what we can do. If we if we finish in the top four, the reality is we've exceeded expectation for the season um, massively, and I I think we will do it. I absolutely think we're going to finish in the top four, and and and, and let's just see how far we can push it because there's a lot of the season still to play. We're getting stronger each week. Maybe another signing before the end of the window. Who knows? And and, and let's just see how far we sh- we can push it. What about you, Rich? Top four on. Yeah, well, I um, I said that I believe with with how we we've been playing recently, with the players out, um, obviously we had that real difficult period, didn't we? Um, and coming through that and getting all the players back and then adding this is obviously a project. Um, I think if we got top four, I think that would be it'd be a, a great season. That's obviously is trophyless, but. Um, Obviously, the atmosphere is back in the stadium. Uh, more, more of the fans are more happy with how we're playing. Uh, clearly, uh, we're we're playing uh, on the front foot a lot more with the games. Uh, so we're not playing that boring, monotonous style of football where we're just just waiting for the the team to come on onto us, and then obviously still not playing well. Um, I I like. Um, the manager, I like what he's doing with the team. We definitely still need, clearly with within this league, we need to have the the players on the bench to come on those weapons that come on that make, that make the change. Like we we're talking about before, obviously with with the uh, Brandon coming off the off the bench, we need to have um, eleven players and then uh, eleven replacements that don't um, uh, lessen the impact of of the team. And we definitely haven't got that at the moment, but. We're getting the players that we want. Clearly, uh, the the project that the managers uh, pushing out to the players that we're we're after clearly excites them. Uh, obviously, it's been demonstrated on the pitch, but it's going to take time, and um, we're going to be having to be, like you say, patient, and we're going to have to persevere with results like this. And did say that we're going to have times of suffering, uh, and today was definitely one of those. Um, but there was mitigating circumstances as well, I feel, uh, the, the time away from the pitch. Also, um, maybe still some uh, some rustiness in a couple of players. Um, but I see I see a, bright, a future bright. You asked me that with Conte or with Mourinho, totally the opposite, totally the opposite. I just didn't, I didn't see that. I, I, I couldn't visualise what that picture would look like. With, with the manager now, I can see that. Ollie, surely... A top four finish this season would go down as a very successful season with what Ange Postacoglu has had to deal with on and off the pitch this last six months. Of course, Harry Kane leaving in the summer. Don't get me wrong, I'm extremely disappointed the way that we went out of the League Cup in August. I'm extremely disappointed by the defeat tonight, um, by us not lifting any domestic trophy again for another year. But being realistic and putting it into context, surely it's going to go down as a successful season if we do finish in the top four come May. 
Oh yeah, and I think you would have, I would have bitten your hand off if you had offered me it at the start of the season. I think a lot of people predicted us to come seventh or eighth. Paul Merson predicted bottom half, which was ludicrous. Um, no, top four. Yeah, <laughs> top four would be an incredible season. But having said that, Chris, if you offered me sixth and FA Cup, I would take that over fourth and no, this is another debate. I would take that over top four and um, and no trophies because this club needs a trophy so badly. And I think it's such a huge thing for us um, as a as a club to, to take that next step and, and have success and just get the monkey off our backs because it's so annoying people talking about trophies. And I know as soon as we win one, everybody will say, ah, you've only won one. So it, that's a whole other thing. Um, but yeah, 100%. Now, top four has got to be the minimum. And if we don't get top four, that's incredibly disappointing. And on top of the zero trophies. Um, but I really do think that, and I said this at the start of the season, if we keep everyone together and nobody else gets injured, we don't lose any more key players and everybody keeps the momentum that we've had the whole season, then top four is the minimum we can get. I really do think we can push for the top three, maybe even second. I think, obviously, title's out of question. Um, but... This team is really we, we we've shown that this team when it's on song when when Son Madison Van der Ven Romero everybody's in full swing we are a, a massive handful for any team we just need to get back to that and we've had a bit of a discombobulated season we've had injuries we've had suspensions we've kind of lost our heads at times and uh, we've been on holiday now now we come back and it's time to get it together and push on. Last question for you all. Ollie, let's start with you. Brentford um, here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on Wednesday, back in Premier League action. What should Ange Postacoglu do different in terms of uh, team lineup and your score prediction? Um, I would not start Hoiberg. Um, I'm not sure what the situation is with the AFCON players. Um, if one of them's back, I'd put in... It, I don't know, did Saar get through? Did Pesuma get through? If one of them didn't get through, they both got through. Um, if they didn't, then I'd put one of them in. If not, I'd play Skip um, instead of Hoiberg. Otherwise, other than that, I think it's pretty spot on. Um, yeah, in terms of attitude, it's got to be complete one eighty degree spin turnaround. Um, we've got to we've got to take more risks. We've got to take more opportunities. We've got to get Werner on the ball more. Werner himself has got to trust himself and not take the easy route, not take the short pass. Uh, we've got a run at Brentford. They're, they're a great team. I, w- I went to Brentford this season to cover a match. Um, they're really, really good attacking. Um, they're really good on the counter-attack. They've got really good players. Um, Jensen in the middle, um, Wissa, Buemo, they're, they're, they're quality. So, um, yeah, we need to be on it. And Ollie, score prediction? Oh, you put me on the spot. Um, I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs. And do you know what's funny? At the start of the season, I predicted 2-2, and I was right, and that was Brentford. I'm going 3-1. What about you, Mike? Yeah, I think um, very similar score. I think I think I could see Brentford scoring, but I just feel it's going to be, you know, on paper, it's the sort of match that we'd want to have after a disappointing night like this at home in front of the fans with, um, you know, hopefully a, a chance to kind of bounce back and, and lift us. And I suspect that Madison will start on Wednesday, which will then in turn lead to that debate should he have started tonight. And, and um, you know, Angie's quotes before the match and was suggesting if, you know, if he's he's kind of fit to be involved, he, he could be fit enough to start. So so I, I predict that is going to be a talking point. But I reckon Madison will, will start and, and 
as as things go, he'll probably be very influential um, in the game. But no, I think um, look, it's 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 the reverse of that that opening fixture of the season for us, isn't it? When we all went in just so uncertain, just kind of head spinning because Kane had left forty eight hours earlier, and and we kind of acquitted ourselves very well so I think it's it's not the half quite the halfway point of the season but it feels like you know the starts now for us of the second half of the season proper and I think we'll, we'll, we'll get off to a win and hopefully all feel a lot better about ourselves um, with, a, with, a, with, a, with a weekend the book between us and, and, and Tottenham playing again. What's your score prediction Mike? I will I will also go for 3-1. 3-1 and Rich? Yeah 2-0. That's it, Richard. That's it. That's, that's all you're getting for me. That's it. Um, <laughs> I think it will be, um, yeah, different kind of performance. Um, I think we'll be on the front foot. I think two 0 um, and Madison will score. I think maybe from a free kick. We need one. Rich, thanks so much for joining us this evening. Uh, particularly under the circumstances of us going out of the FA Cup. Uh, tell everyone where they can find you and what you're up to at the moment. You're you're training very hard. It seems. Yeah. Tokyo Marathon four weeks. So, yeah, just for that, really. I really enjoy when we lose coming on this podcast. Yeah, thanks for that, Chris. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to turn up. You were so late. So, <laughs> <laughs> mate, I was like, I was debating it. I was like, yeah, so, so frustrated. I think that's the thing with being a Spurs fan, right? <laughs> well, Rich, thanks so much as always. And I know you're back on next week talking about transfers. Um, Ollie, thank you so much for joining us again. And uh, sorry we're talking about a defeat when you're on. Uh, but right. where, where, where can people find you and what you're up to at the moment? Uh, find me on Twitter under my name, Ollie Gamp. Um, always chatting about, well, I haven't actually spoken about Spurs recently because I've, I've been very busy actually recently. I've been interviewing, I had a little sit down with Genus the other day, as you saw. And that was fun. We had a little chat um, about Ange, which was really nice. Um, did an interview with Joe Cole the other day and Robbie Savage. Um, so yeah, I'm doing bits and bobs. Check it out on Mail Sport. Um, I'm always doing something. So yeah. Well, Ollie, thank you so much for your time. And Mike, pleasure to have you back. Um, sorry, we're talking about a defeat. Hopefully, we can get you back on the channel very soon. Uh, what are you up to, and where can people find you? So uh, find me at Apps Mike on 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 X and uh, yeah BBC South today and uh, I'm also training for a marathon not quite as exciting a location Southampton rather than Tokyo oh, nice. uh, and definitely significantly slower than than Richard but um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, raising money for for paediatric intensive care in Southampton which is a cause really close to my heart so um, so yeah I'm finding the motivation to, uh, to to pound the streets building up to that a bit later on this year. Good luck with that, Mike. Yeah, Thank best you. of luck with that, Mike. I know how very hard it is to train for a marathon. And uh, if, um, if Mike, you've got a Just Giving page, we'll, we'll somehow put it on this page and get Thank people you. to sponsor you and, uh, and support your wonderful charity. So thank you so much for your time this evening. Ollie, Richard, Mike, thanks so much. Thanks for watching, everyone. Thanks for listening. And until the next time, come on, you Spurs. Days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. 
Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 